This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus, and I pray you and yours are doing well. And I want to uh, go ahead and get into the Word. And I thank God for the moving of His Spirit and what He's doing in the earth and how He's visiting us and how He's preparing to send a great, 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 great visitation across the face of this earth that is going to go beyond the working of the Spirit of God in the early church. I know people think that this will never happen, but I'm telling you, God is preparing a visitation of His Spirit that is going to make the book of Acts look pale in comparison. We've got to have a visitation of the Holy Ghost. When you look around, you see the evil in the world, you see the evil and the ungodliness taking people's minds over and working in the earth, uh, things that seem to be unseemly and ungodly. And I mean, now you just sit back and you look and you say, Lord, how in the world can anybody do these things? It's just like, I know y'all heard the news the other day, the man walked into that bar or nightclub or whatever it was down there in California and just opened fire and wound up killing 12 people, then killing himself, uh, from what I understand, or was killed. Uh, and that one veteran police officer, 29 years, lost his life in the exchange. And you just stop and you think, Lord, how can anybody walk into a place like this? People they've never seen, people they don't know. People uh, that they're not affiliated with and just open fire and randomly start murdering people. It's got to be an unclean spirit. It's got to be a force of demonic powers that causes people to do this. And it was uh, probably three or four years back that the Lord started dealing with me and also another individual at the same time somewhere uh, along the same time, another minister, they said the Lord started dealing with them that the mind of a beast was going to begin to take people over and they were going to just uh, do things that were unhuman, ungodly, uh, and unholy. And that's what we're seeing now. This is a force of Satan. This is a power. This is a mindset that's getting a hold of people. And the only thing that's going to counteract this is a move of God's Spirit in the earth, is for a gospel to be preached with power and authority and dominion that will set people free. And it's time for ministers to stand up. It's time for those <coughs> that believe in a holy gospel, that believe in a God of righteousness and cleanliness. It's time to stand up and begin to declare God's truths and preach a gospel that is not weak and watered down, but a gospel uh, that cries out against sin, that cries out against perversion and evil, that brings people to a life by the Spirit of God of holiness and righteousness and cleanliness. And, and the Lord began to deal with me this week, and I want to take you to the book of Jude. And there, it, it's just before Revelation, is the book of Jude, and it is there only one chapter, but at the third verse, Jude wrote this, Beloved, 
when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares, which before, which were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, therefore, ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not, and the angels which kept not their first habitation, but left, or kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he had reserved an everlasting change unto darkness, unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And everybody keeps talking about they want to move a God. They want to see God move. They want to see what they call an old-fashioned move of God. Well, if you want an old-fashioned move of God, then you're going to have to go back. Ministers are going to go back to preaching the Word like they did when God brought forth these kind of moves of God. And these moves of God were brought forth by dedicated sons and daughters of God that stayed in prayer and sought the Lord, and they preached with a fire of God's Spirit. And when they preached with a fire of God's Spirit because of dedications and consecrations, and the Lord anointed them, then that word brought conviction. It brought conviction to people's hearts. And I, I, I've told this story before, but uh, back in the 70s, I worked for a man. I was independent contracting. I worked for a man, and he told me about how they used to start out for church about an hour, hour and a half before dark. And he said they'd start out in horse-drawn wagons, and they lived on a road there that made a horseshoe. And the church was at the far end of that road, and they'd start out picking people up, going to church, and they would start singing and praising and magnifying God, and it would take them about 45 minutes to an hour or so to get to the church, and once they got to the church, they were praying, they were singing, they were magnifying God. He said the men would go on one side of the church and the women on the other. If it was warm weather, they'd go outside. They had a place fixed there for prayer. If it was cold weather, they went inside. But he said the men and the women were separated, and they would pray and sing and magnify God until the Spirit moved. You know, years ago when our nation was first founded, they had people called Quakers and people called Shakers, and these people would go into the house of God, and they would sit there in prayer and meditation, reaching out to God, giving themselves over to the working of the Spirit of God, and they would sit there until the Spirit shook them, or until the Spirit quaked them, moved upon them, and they quaked, they would shake 
in their seats. And this is how they got their name, Quakers and Shakers. I don't even know if there's any uh, of those beliefs around anymore. But we need to go back to going into the house of God and getting in prayer and waiting for the leadership of the Spirit of God, waiting for God to move upon us and lead us how to worship, how to praise Him, how to seek His face and cry out to be led by the Spirit of God. And you've heard stories all down through your lifetime. If you was raised in church, how that God would move in revivals and uh, there would be meetings where people would come and run to the altars. And and I've seen uh, tent meetings that I had in the 70s and 80s where people in 90s where people run to the altar. And I've had them come off the streets because of the preaching against sin and evil. And they would dive in the altar and repent of taking many to the river at midnight and baptized them uh, before I started carrying a Baptist with me under my tents. And if we want to see this kind of move of God, then you've got to go back. You've got to go back. You've got to go back to what we call uh, old-fashioned prayer and seeking God. Get prayer back in the church. Get prayer back in our homes. You know, I, I brought this out uh, a few weeks back. The Lord told me, I think it was back in 2012, that we do not uh, serve God in the church. We worship God in the church, but we serve God in our homes. And I was raised in a home where prayer... You know, there's a scripture in, uh, I think it's Acts, where uh, Paul went into Macedonia, I believe it was. And there's a scripture there, and I believe it's in Acts 16. And it says where prayer uh, that Paul, and I believe it was uh, Silas at that time, they went down to a river uh, where prayer was wont to be made. I believe is the way it reads. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, didn't pull it up with that. But anyway, they found a place that people wanted to come and pray and seek the face of God. And that's where they went. They went there and they saw the face of the Lord, and they went there with people, and people turned out as Paul and Silas began to minister the word, and I believe the lady's name there. Yeah, here it is in Acts 16 and 13, and it says, And on the Sabbath he went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and he and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken by, uh, spoken of Paul. And she was, and when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, "If we have judged, if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there." 
and she constrained us. So Paul and Silas went into a city. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in Philippi. Uh, at in the city, I think, was Macedonia. Uh, and Paul and Silas went there. And they heard that there was a place on the riverside where people went to pray. There was a desire to pray. There was a hunger and a thirst to pray and seek after God, crying out for the truth. Many, many, many people at that time had only heard the preaching of John the Baptist like it was in Acts 19 when Paul went to Ephesus. And when he went in, he found 12 disciples. If you read Acts the 19th chapter, and he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said, We don't even know if there be any Holy Ghost. We ain't heard no such thing about any Holy Ghost. And then Paul uh, turned and spoke to him, and he said, Then what? caused you to believe. They said, we believed unto John's baptism, and they repented and were baptized, and they received uh, salvation. They received uh, water baptism for the remission of sins. Uh, You can't go to water baptism for the remission of sin and stop. You have got to go on. I I said, you've got to go on because Paul right there exhorted them. I said, well, that's good. And John came preaching water baptism for remission of sin. He came preaching the gospel of repentance. So many people have stopped with the gospel of repentance and said that when you're baptized in water for the remission of sin, you receive the Holy Ghost. But these people hadn't received it. They did not receive it. So Paul said that's good that you've received water baptism for the remission of sin. But uh, John preached that you should believe uh, on he that should come after him. Uh, because John preached, I baptize you from uh, Matthew 3 and 11. Uh, he said, I baptize you in water for the remission of sin. Uh, but don't stop there, for there cometh uh, one after me who is mightier than I. Uh, the latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and even loosen the shoelaces. This is he that shall baptize thee with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This is he that shall baptize thee. Believe on him that's coming after me. So many people have never believed past water baptism for the remission of sin. But there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire that the Lord said he was bringing. Somebody asked me the other day, Brother Metter, what is the fire? The Bible says our God is a consuming fire and fire sanctifies and fire purifies. You know they used to preach a gospel of baptism in water and repentance and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they begin to preach after that that the Holy Ghost will begin to sanctify you. And they called it sanctification. Coming out of sin. Coming out of evil. Coming out of ungodliness. Getting your lives pure.
purified, sanctified, set apart unto God. But you don't see that today simply because preachers have started preaching a social gospel. They've started preaching a gospel that appeals to the flesh. And we're at that day that Paul wrote about that there will come a day that people will turn from the truth and be turned unto fables. And they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, wanting to hear smooth things, wanting to hear good things. And we've got in a era of a social gospel life. And preachers now preach to appease people to get them to join the church. And people today go from church to church looking for a gospel life to satisfy their flesh, to satisfy a gospel they're comfortable with, a church they can feel comfortable and accepted in. If you're going to a church that you feel comfortable in and there's a social aspect to it and the Word of God is not bringing conviction and it's not bringing a restoration and a sanctification of the working of the Spirit of God then you settle down in that church. I say unto you what the prophet said in the Old Testament will be unto you that are at ease in Zion. So many people have gotten at ease. So many people have settled down into a social gospel and they go out hunting now to a church that won't offend them, won't upset them, won't bring conviction in their soul. And it's wrong. And I'm telling you, a gospel of sanctification that's going to sanctify and bring a conviction against the way people are living is now being set in men's hearts and women and vessels of God that they're going to come out preaching like a roaring lion. I'm telling you, and you better get ready, the lion of the tribe of Judas fixing to roar out of Zion. He's fixing to roar out of his place and declare a holy, clean, pure, righteous gospel of the kingdom of God. And it's going to be verified and bore witness to with power, with authority, with dominion. And yes, with the judgment of God. And Peter said it best when he said, The time is now come. That judgment must begin at the house of God. If it first begin with us that are supposed to be saved and walking upright with God, then I want to know where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear according to the word written by the Apostle Peter. We've allowed things to get lukewarm. We've allowed things to get settled over. The preaching of the word has changed to where people don't want conviction. They don't want a man to preach the word, but they want somebody to tell them everything is all right. In Isaiah 58 and verse 1, the scriptures come to me many times, but it came to me this week and the Lord's been dealing with me about it. I believe the Lord wants me to put it out on this broadcast today. And it says, Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. You hear what Isaiah prophesied? He said, Cry aloud, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. He said, Spare not all of those trumpets in Revelation that everybody thinks are literal trumpets that are going to be blown in the heavens. 
No, they ain't literal trumpets that's going to be blown in the heavens. The Lord told me in 98, those trumpets are anointings. And there are seven different anointings between now and the end of time that will step on the scene. And they will speak God's word and they will cry aloud. And they will spare not. And these vessels of God will lift up their voice like a trumpet. And they will show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin. God is fixing to reveal sin. He's going to reveal sin. So if you're sitting in a church that's allowed sin, that's allowed fornication, that's allowed perversion and evil, adultery and ungodliness and every evil perverse thing to go on in the church, then you're fixing to see what Jude talked about when he said, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And I exhort you today, I admonish you by the word of the Lord, ye ministers, ye handmaidens of God, go back to prayer, go back to seeking God, quit seeking revivals that will appease the people. Quit seeking words that will tickle the ear. But get in your prayer chamber and seek the face of God. And when you go into that pulpit, I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care if you're a pastor, teacher, evangelist, a prophet or an apostle. Speak a word. Speak a word of authority. Speak a word that is going to raise the blood-stained banner against sin. Speak that word, because it's going back to what Jude saw. He saw a word that separated, that divided, that when the angels who kept not their first estate, you know, the Bible teaches that a third of the angels rose up with Lucifer to try to overthrow the God of creation. And like a lightning bolt, he was cast down, and the Lord prepared a hell for him. And it's going to happen to everyone that will not uh, walk in that place of salvation. Uh, they're going to walk in that place of serving uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and accepting uh, that blood uh, for the remission of sin. You will be uh, assigned to that place. Uh, uh, hell was not made for man, but it was created uh, for the devil and disobedient angels. But because of man's rebellion, not uh, but because of his disobedience and the rejection of a holy gospel and the name of Jesus and the blood. That is where many are going to wind up if we don't start preaching a gospel that cries out against sin, a gospel that seeks to put sin to death and raises a standard that people can live by and brings a spirit of conviction in the Holy Ghost that smites men's hearts when they do evil. We need a holy gospel declared. People's got so busy arguing over this and arguing over that and preaching to try to prove their point. How about let's preach against sin? How about let's preach about a God 
of repentance that will convict and baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire and bring in a sanctification. Bring in a Holy Ghost that when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will reprove sin. He will speak of righteousness. And He will speak of judgment. How about preaching that kind of a gospel? And how about let's cry out like Paul did in Second Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. All people do now is war after the lust of the flesh, after the things of the flesh. The gospel preached now is material gain. All preachers do is preach about prosperity and money. And they want money for this and money for that. I'm all for giving to God. But I am for giving to God that will take a gospel that will cry out against sin, that will cry out against fornication and idolatry like Paul did when he went to the Gentiles. He had to cry out against fornication and idolatry of offering of things strangled and of things of blood offered to idols. People have started serving the God of their imagination. They made up their own rules and their own laws to appease the works of their own flesh. And Paul went on to say in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations at every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and people are serving a God of their imagination. They're making up the rules as they go. And if you're not careful, you're going to find yourself in trouble by the word and the conviction of the Holy Ghost. You cannot make up rules. You cannot change this Holy Word of God. I don't care how you want to live. I don't care how unclean, bound by the lust of your flesh, how perverted or unholy you get. You can't change this Word of God to suit yourself. And that's why Paul said there's got to be a casting down of imaginations. People have allowed strongholds of evil to set up in their mind and they want to go to church and worship and praise God and sing the songs of Zion and then turn around and go commit fornication and adultery and every evil thing. God's not going to allow it. There's a God of conviction. There's a God of judgment. There's a God of cleanliness and righteousness now stepping on the scene. And it's time for ministers to declare a gospel of righteousness and holiness, a gospel that will not just bring water baptism, but will bring a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire that will bring conviction and bring sanctification. And it's time to get back to prayer, seeking God. It's time to get back to serving God in our homes and going to our churches to pray, for pray for our nation. Children of God, our nation's in a mess. The world's in a mess. And evil's trying to take over Please go to prayer for your nation. Go to prayer for our our president, our government. Go to prayer for the leaders of the world. And let's pray for God to bring peace so that we can have revival that's going to stretch to the ends of the earth. May God bless you till our next broadcast. This is Brother Metter, and I thank you for listening today. And I thank you for standing with the truth. I'm beginning to hear from some of you out there about our prayer requests. And I thank those of y'all that are beginning to support. I may not be able to get a thank you or a letter back to everyone that uh, 
is now sending an offering to help us. Uh, but know that your donations are greatly appreciated. And I would like to see another uh, 20 or 30 people. And all I'm asking you to do is send maybe 10 or $20 a month and help us keep this word on the air. Help us keep this broadcast out here that's crying out against sin and trying to get people to see the evil that has come against our nation and come against this generation. So I'm going to ask you, uh, if you will support us, make your donations to World Revivals. It is a tax-exempt uh, donation. We are a, cha- uh, a, regal- a legally recognized charity. And make your donations to World Revivals. That's W-O-R-L-D-R-E-V-I-V-A-L-S. Send it to P.O. Box 1618, Conyers, Georgia, zip code 30012. And if you would like to join us uh, for a service at our church in L.A.J., right now we're ministering on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., The address is 90Garland, G-A-R-L-A-N-D, 90 Garland Drive, L-A-J, Georgia. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and your support. May God bless you. Till our next broadcast.